You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org. Yeah, I had to uh, have that replayed again because it's just part of the ongoing confirmation on what uh, I felt the Lord wanted me to, to share tonight, and we'll just see how this goes. Because I'm supposed to have control. I don't, do I? God has control, but I'm supposed to be able to add. Oh, that's right. The, the, the password is Jason. That was, the, that was the password. Oh, my goodness. It does. My goodness. This guy's awesome. Hallelujah. Well, before we get started, I really, really want to just honor God in, in what he's doing in our midst. Uh, I think, you know, we overcome, like the scripture says in Revelations, by the word of our testimony. And uh, to, to, to be a part of seeing God move in power on, in people's lives, to see things that seem impossible happen, uh, to see uh, incremental change going on when there shouldn't be incremental change. Uh, and then to experience faith and power and just presence uh, of God, uh, we almost sometimes enter into that, and it should be, this is normal. This, this should be normal. Presence of God is, should be normal. Uh, it should not be unique. It should not be outside of uh, the realm, you know, where it's special. We had a special meeting because God's presence is there, you know, Really, that, that is the normal that, that we're entering into as a church, as a people of God. Because in each one testimony, God wants to move us forward out of that testimony. And move us forward means moving closer to him. It doesn't mean I get to move in a higher level or anything like that, though it's part of it, or you would be a part of it as your faith increases. But um, just seeing some uh, miracles taking place, with, uh, with Cindy Mostrom's daughter and, and a little baby that they, they told them to abort because they found no life signs in the womb. And it was many months along. And we prayed. She prayed. Mom prayed. Dad prayed. They went back up for a follow-up. They give them the option, if the baby's born, it will be totally dependent upon you. There was no brain, there was, it will be totally dependent. They go up there and they do this, the test again. Life. Everything's normal. Doctors are like stunned. Little Tobias was born last week. And, the, and I guess it's just, according to Cindy, it was just spreading like fire there around the, the rooms, the floor they're on. This this report wasn't good. This baby's fine, you know, and it's just a witness, a testimony to the power of God. Uh, Janie and I, I don't know, a lot of you might be on Facebook with me, but, you know, posting these things because the world needs to know, you know. Mason City needs to know. Our friends need to know. Um, but we were on our way at, walking out the door, and someone stopped and asked for prayer for his back. And I'll tell you what, don't feel like you miss God. I, I heard in my heart, I knew, I heard, I said, ask him how his back is doing. Because we'd prayed for him before. 
And I'm like, I don't think I'm going to bother him. The service is over. We're heading out the door. It was kind of backed up, so he turned to me and says, Jim, could you pray for my back? I'm like, oh, duh. I didn't go duh to him, but I get duh to me. I'm like, oh, yes. And, I, and the timing again, I talked to Jamie about it. We grabbed, prayed right back there by the uh, soundboard. Bang, zero pain in his back. And so we're just, we just know that God is moving in power in this place. And the exciting part is, and part of what I want to talk about is the in-between time. And I want to put it in the context of the in-between time for the disciples and all that was going on. The in-between time between the resurrection and Pentecost. You know, in-between, and for us it may look like two mountaintop experiences. Oh, we had this awesome time, you know, and just the the power of God was here on Sunday. And then there's the in-between time where we walk out of that and we're going, oh, okay, like, now what do we do? And so I want to talk about the in-between times. And actually I want to, the first story, not really a story, but the first account and I didn't have a PowerPoint because I didn't really get this until out this afternoon while I was reading again, is in Luke 24. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to me. The other ones will, will have some uh, PowerPoint uh, for the scriptures. But in Luke 24, after they discovered Jesus' resurrection, and Peter and John ran to the tomb, and they're sharing the news, you know, oh, he's risen, and, and they're talking about it. And the story um, talks about these two men were, going that very day to a village called Emmaus that was about seven miles. So they're out walking, and they were talking with each other about all these things that had taken place. And while they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself approached and began traveling with them. And I was reading that this afternoon, and I was thinking, your conversations matter. Jesus is drawn because here they, Jesus inquires, what were you talking about? And they look at him like, haven't you heard? And they start describing what went on about, about Jesus. And, and what Jesus was doing was he is drawing revelation from the, how much do you know about me? How much do you know what was going on? Where, where are you at in the kingdom? And so they were talking about this, and, and in that they were talking about you know, that we thought this was the man. We thought this one was the one that was going to bring the kingdom of God. And Jesus begins to, and responds to them, and he says, Oh, foolish men, and slow of heart to believe in all the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? And then beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself in the scripture. And as they approached the village where they were going, they, and he acted like he was going to go further. And they urged him, saying, Stay with us, for it is getting toward evening, and the day now is nearly over. So he went in to stay with them, and when he had reclined at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed it, breaking it. He began giving it to them when their eyes, then their eyes were opened. And they recognized him, and poof, he vanished from their sight. I'm like going, really? They, 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 just, they just got him, and he vanishes? 
but the whole point, and, and in that whole place is during the in-between times, when Jesus was walking with them, and, and they made the extra effort. They, made, they went the extra mile to invite. They didn't even know it was Jesus. They just went the extra mile to hear what this man has to say. God is looking for in the the in-between times, between the mountaintops, to make the extra effort. Inviting the Spirit of God in. Make the extra effort. Read a little bit more. Read an extra chapter. You know, listen to an extra CD. You know, just make that extra effort. The Lord responded to that. They could have received what they received, but they made that extra effort. And as I saw it, I'm going like, really, they... It, 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 that's what it is, is the key between the mountaintops is when you're in that place where you're, you're hearing God, you don't know it. This, these guys didn't even know they were hearing God. Do you know you can hear God and not know it? Some people think, oh, I would not miss it if God spoke. Obviously, it's going to be God, and, and it's going to sound like this and so and Not really. You know, we can miss it. They missed it. Uh, some some dis- people... Uh, Scholars say the one of the two is Cleopas. The other one they thought was Simon Peter. Because it says about Simon Peter having walked with Jesus later on. But in that place, they discover Jesus by going that extra mile. So when you're in a place where you're just struggling and you're like, going, oh, you know, you know what's, what's going on? I just feel like we just sort of lost momentum. Go the extra mile. Inviting the king of glory in and just again he responds jesus responds to that and revelation hits and god will begin to show you things as you take that extra step uh, in the kingdom so what happened after that was very interesting because here they are the first thing these guys do bang they're out of there and they're going to go see the disciples they got a word they met jesus and they're not just going to hold it to themselves. Says, I need to talk to the disciples. I need to talk to the guys. I need to gather together with other believers. This is too good to keep to myself. And that's what they did. They took off and began to go and see the other disciples. So here they go. They, they show up at the, with the other ones. And he begins talking. How are we doing And they begin talking and sharing. And this is, again, this is the part. I did have a scripture down here. Awesome. That where their eyes were opened, and that that just so pictures vision. God, open our eyes. Give us vision. Give us understanding. Give us revelation. Give me things so I can see you. Ears so I can hear you. And this was their response when they finally saw, that was Jesus talking to us on the road. They said, they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? And God just, that that just jumped out at me too. When you're in between the mountaintops, find out what makes your heart burn. Find out what makes your heart burn. What makes your heart burn and my heart burn may be two different things. What stirs my heart and stirs your heart may be two different things. But find out what God is doing that stirs your heart. 
And, and when you hear a word or where you hear things from the pulpit or you sing a song, and that's why I asked Jason to play that song again, because when you get in that place and all of a sudden that song resonates, you're just going like, yes, and it just feeds your spirit. It just feeds your inner man. And that's, what, that's what's happening inside in the in-between times when there's maybe not but a mountaintop, but you hear a song that burns or that sings in your heart and that brings revelation to you or a scripture verse that all of a sudden you're going, oh, I love this verse. And God says, okay, just embrace that like these guys did. And in that place, those in-between times, we get strengthened. And these guys got strengthened. They went from disappointments on the road to Emmaus to run into the disciples with, with a burn within them, with an excitement of God in them. And that's what God is doing in us and he desires to do in you. So again, this whole thing that I'm going to be sharing about this in-between time, um, it's going to be a little bit, may seem kind of random in some ways. I'm a little bit different than what Jeff uh, would do on a, on a Sunday or, or Wednesday night. But, uh, so bear with me. But in this place... Um, we're going to take a look at some others that, that was going on. And um, here, I'll just skip past that. There we go. The two of them, how he was recognized in that breaking of bread. You know, if you feel dry, if you feel, feel kind of, oh, wow, just something's missing, have communion. Break some bread. Ask God to visit you. Show and just make yourself, and I'll talk about it again later, but we need to intentionally position ourselves to be blessed. It's, some people just say, oh, you know, well, if God blesses me, great. No. I'm, I want to be like uh, Jacob, who, said, who wrestled with, the angel, which probably was Jesus, and he says, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. I'm not going to let go of this thing that God's doing in our midst until I sense a deeper and greater blessing. You can wrestle with God for your blessing on your family, a blessing on your finances, a blessing on your visions, a blessing on your dreams, a blessing on what, what's valuable to you. Uh, we can just embrace that and hold on to that. So in that breaking of bread, he was recognized. Then in that place where they were sharing, they are sharing this with these disciples, then the Spirit opens their minds. I love that phrase. I'm like going, to understand the Scriptures. You know, so, sometimes something will be said from the pulpit, or I'll read the Word of God, and I'm like going, Holy Spirit, what did that mean? What's that? What's that all about? You know, what, what do I need to know about this? And, and God has promises. I'll open their minds. And, and these guys were in this middle section where Jesus was, they knew he was alive, but here they're hanging out in this room because they didn't know what to do. They didn't, what do I do with a risen Jesus? <laughs> What's the next steps? Because he was the man the whole time. And now all of a sudden they're just trapped in this in-between time. Where Jesus is risen, he's not there with them because he was always walking with them. And now they're in this upper room and Jesus shows up, but he just kind of begins, the spirit begins to reveal to them and to open their minds to what just went on. 
Hallelujah. And then the Spirit, Jesus starts speaking to them and giving them vision for the future. In the in-between times, God will begin to speak. He'll begin to endue with power. He'll open our minds to the Scriptures. And then he talks about the witness. And he gives them a vision for getting out of the valley. He gives them insight in how to get out of the, out of the dry times. It didn't, it didn't fall on them right there, but he gave them a promise they could embrace. He, gets, you know, if, he says, you're my witnesses. He says, I'm going to send you what my father has promised. Stay in the city until you have been clothed. I love the NIV in this thing. Clothed with power from on high. I tell you what, again, 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 I can't, I can't express this enough. So many people think if God wants me clothed with power on, from on high, he'll do it. And he will. But you know what? He loves it when we ask. <laughs> it's what he created us for, to ask. Clothe me with power from on high. Give me insight and revelation. Fill me up, God, with yourself. And in that place, he will give you promise. He'll give you a vision for what is lying ahead. So in their, in their dry times, Jesus gives them this promise. And in, in the Luke, it gives them this great revelation because here Jesus had visited them and he's giving them this insight. And the time frame really doesn't jive so much on this. Because, does anybody know? I was going to just kind of throw this out. Does anybody know how long Jesus hung out on earth after the resurrection before he ascended? 40 days. 40 days. That's how much Jesus valued his brothers and sisters and disciples and the world to hang around for 40 days teaching the kingdom, doing signs and wonders. I'm telling you what, friends, Jesus is hanging around and he is passionately zealous for you and for your success. And that's why, I believe that's partly why he stuck around because he wanted it to stick. He wanted what was taking place. He wanted to disciple those disciples. I thought that was amazing because they just walked with him for three years. And he poured into them and the community for for three years. You think he would show up and say, bam, did it. Take over, guys. I'm sending you power. See ya. But that isn't what happened at all. Jesus kept keeping on. He kept moving in the in the society, he kept showing up, and we'll see that here shortly. So I was like, oh, 40 days, this is just awesome. When you think it's over, when you think, okay, we've seen it all now, you know, God did a miracle here, I think we've maxed out, and Jesus said, no, 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 I'm just, I'm just starting. Here, I'm going to teach you some more, I'm going to empower you some more, and I'm going to direct you some more, and When I go up, the Holy Spirit will come down in power. And we're just getting started, church. This is just an exciting, exciting season that we're in. So out of that, he goes and he led them to Bethany, the vicinity of Bethany. And I think that's rather interesting as far as, we won't go deeper in that. But he said he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. 
I saw just in the in-between times, Jesus is proclaiming a blessing over your dryness. He's, for your frustrations, he's proclaiming a blessing. Keep your eyes on me. See me exalted. See me lifted high. See me ascending to the Father. See me sitting on the throne at the right hand of Abba. See me there. Put your gaze upon me. Blessings in the place of, of dryness, in the place of questions, in the, in the place of seeking, in that place of discovery. Sometimes we get in those mountaintops and going, whoa, let's take it on. You know, we're in that realm of worship, and all of a sudden we're like going, oh, you know. And, you know, you just like, we're this close to seeing angels showing up real big time, <laughs> you know. And you're just like, wow. And then there's those things where you're just going, okay, I don't feel anything, but I'm fixing my gaze and my understanding upon you, and my mind is established on who you are, Jesus, and your word, and I want to encourage you in that place, that in-between times. You do that, and in the middle of worship, when you think you're dry, and when you think the songs aren't hitting you, but you fixed your eyes anyway, and you lift your hands anyway, and you set your heart ablaze anyway, and then he responds to that, and he sends out his hand and says, I bless my friend in the in-between times. I bless you in that offering, in that sacrifice of giving. That's what our Jesus do, does. I got so excited, I lost my place on this. <laughs> this is awesome. That's froze. Oh, there we go. Did that get me there? Yeah. In that place, after they saw the blessings, what took place? They worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually at the temple praising God. Tell you what, there's, a, there's that place where, you know, they, they are in the presence of Jesus. And all of a sudden they see Jesus leaving, physical leaving. And they're used to the presence. And sometimes we get used to the songs. Or we get used to this. And all of a sudden it's like going, what lifted? What happened? And, and, and what was their response? They knew where Jesus was going. They know where Jesus is. That he was ascending to the Father. He was going to take in charge. He was going to sit at the right hand. He was going to rule and reign. And they're like going, wow, that's awesome. And they started worshiping Jesus. And the joy of the Lord became their strength in that place of blessing and in that place of seeing Jesus lifted high and higher and higher and higher. And out of that, they just, again, later on in, in, um, in John, the angels had to show up and said, uh, uh, buddies, enough staring into the sky where Jesus went. Enough staring into the sky. He's going to come back just like he did but you go to Jerusalem. And sometimes, uh, one thing that, that clicked in me with that was, I'm looking forward to Jesus' return, and I'm expecting Jesus' return, but I'm really also very excited about Christ in the middle of us right now. Jesus right here, right now. I'm like so burning with this stuff that I just think, you know, God showing up in the Welsh family, 
showing up in Cooper, showing up for Patty, showing up for Candy, showing up. Jesus, I am so excited because you are showing up. I am not sitting there gazing into the sky. I'm out here looking this way saying, wow, God, it is Christ in us, the hope of glory. It's the king in the midst of his church, the lampstands, setting fire, setting the blaze, setting life, speaking healing, doing miracles and signs and wonders. He does not change. And that's what our God is doing. So in that place where they're discovering it, they're just like, okay, don't. Don't be just staring off into distance. God's doing what he's doing. Hallelujah. I might need to get Jason up here again. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. We on the evening? Yes. This is the time where they were up in that upper room, and on the first day of the week, now this is in John 20. And it talks about Jesus showing up in the room, but it's a little bit, it's a different uh, revelation that John is sharing about when Jesus showed up. And one other thing about this is when Jesus shows up, he brings peace. First thing's out of Jesus' mouth, peace, peace, peace. In the middle of the in-between times, peace. The peace that passes all understanding begins to guard our hearts, and our minds in Christ Jesus. So in this whole time, again, they're in this upper room. They just saw Jesus. They knew he is risen, but they hadn't had these encounters like this. This is like the, the evening of the first day of the week. This is like the day after the resurrection. You know, it's right at the beginning of the week, and he shows up. And they, they, he shows up through locked doors. Tell you what, while you're in those dry times, in the in-between times, the mountaintops, look out. Jesus will surprise you. He will show up when you least expect it. He'll show up when you think it can't happen. You know, they thought, wow, they're, you know, the doors were locked. <laughs> He's not going to show up. Bam. Jesus walks into our situation. Bam. Jesus walks into our family. All of a sudden, you know, I got testimony. All of a sudden, Jesus walks in and begins to, to move on Sam's heart, my son. We spend all this time, you know, sharing Jesus, living for Jesus in front of him, so he, he knows the witness, and all of a sudden, out of the blue, pretty much, actually out of a, a real struggling, hard time, and, and you're looking at going, what? And next thing you know, it's like, Dad, you know, and then he calls again, Dad, Mom. And, and it's like, surprise. <laughs> he didn't say surprise. Jesus said surprise in my, in my heart. I'm going, all those seeds. Oh, my goodness. How much time do we have? Those seeds you plant. I saw a quote, and I'm trying to think of what it said again. But the harvest doesn't explode necessarily. The harvest comes when the seed is planted and it grows. And sometimes we want to see explosion 
when there is seed planting and growth taking place in your situation. And we get impatient. And we don't think anything's happening. And you know why? Because it's all under the surface. The seeds you planted are taking root. The sprouts are already breaking forth in their hearts, in your circumstances, in those things. But we want to see the boom, you know. And those booms happen, believe, you know. Trust me. I was a boom almost. Except I found out afterwards I had all these people praying for me. Ninja Christians. Un undercover Christians. Under the cover of God praying for family members. <laughs> Woo. You're undercover Christian. <laughs> Goodness. Oh, my. What can I say? Um, hallelujah. I want to share about Thomas because that was part of what I was talking about there is that, that, that Thomas in that first encounter wasn't there. And I want to talk to some people today that feel like you've missed your encounter with Jesus. You feel like you missed an encounter with Jesus. You know Jesus. You love Jesus. You know, you're saved, baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost, all the awesome stuff that goes with that. But sometimes we feel we've missed the encounter with Jesus. And that's, that happened to Thomas. And um, the one thing about Thomas missing the on thank you Jesus enemy doesn't want that shared because Thomas missed it and I don't blame him for being frustrated I don't blame him for questioning because he missed it I think he I think in that place of doubting was discouragement frustration and he reacted out of that a little bit. Now, I'm just drawing my own feelings, what the Spirit is showing me about Thomas. And sometimes you may feel like, wow, I missed God in that. And so when someone else comes up and says, you should have been at the service, it was awesome, and all of this great stuff happened, and you're like thinking, oh, well, yeah, sure, right. You know, and, and, and we respond out of that. And I think Thomas responded. But the beautiful thing about Thomas, and I, again, I put this down here, is, well, Jesus shows up, and what does he say? Oh, you doubting Thomas. No. He addressed the issue of doubt, but he didn't label Thomas. With a doubt, as a doubter. And, and God spoke to me in that. Some people are just in a season, in a place where they may be frustrated, they may, they may have hope deferred that can make a heart sick, and out of that we respond sometimes. And again, as the two on the road, you know, words matter. Uh, as we talk about Jesus, he shows up. 
But as we struggle, he, he shows up again. And, and that's what happened to Thomas. But Jesus never labeled Thomas. What did Jesus do with Thomas? Look at my hands. Look at my side. Touch them. Believe. That was his. He wasn't doubting Thomas to Jesus. He was believing Thomas. That's what Jesus saw. That's what Jesus drew. And that's where we need to look at ourselves sometimes and say, wait a minute. You know, life check. I'm not a doubter. I'll behold the one and begin to realign our hearts with him. Begin to just come back and just say, my Lord and my God. That's Thomas's response. And then Jesus responded, you know, and he speaks that, well, you know, you know, true, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. But again, he never condemned, never put down, and never denigrated Thomas for doubting. He instructed him, and then he reached and released him into faith. And I want, and I know Pastor Jeff wants us to be a people that when we see people walking in, we don't look at them as a doubter. We don't look at them as, as this or that. But we look at someone that says they have the potential to be a person of great beliefs and power. And that is what we'll speak into. That's what we'll draw out of them is that, that DNA of God that's imparted in when we are created in his image. When everyone's creating his image, the DNA of miracles is residing inside of us because it is Jesus working in our lives. It's the Holy Spirit. And so we want to you know, kind of walk in this uh, realm of understanding that when we see Jesus, that we're not la- when we see others, we're not labeling them and we don't label ourselves. You're going to see some awesome stuff happening. Hopefully this will work. See if I can get it to go. Thank you. Yeah. Second, next encounter was at the Sea of Galilee. Or, I'm sorry, the Sea of Tiberias. And afterwards, it says, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. And it happened this way. Simon Peter and Thomas. And I love that. Simon Peter, who did what? Betrayed, denied Jesus three times. But the, the Spirit of God highlights these two guys first. Simon Peter and Thomas. I loved it because Thomas walked in what Jesus did. And, and sometimes you can feel a little shame or a little condemnation or guilt because, ooh, you know, wow. You know, I told, I told all the big shots, John and all those guys, that uh, I'm not going to believe unless I can put my hands on there. And, and some of us would draw back if we, we did something like that. We're like, oh, I think I'll stay away from Pastor Jeff because uh, I just, you know. Kind of, but not Thomas. He walked out of that identity of a a doubter, right into belief, and he's hanging out with the guys again. He's not going to miss God again. And we see Thomas popping up all over the place. So it's pretty awesome to see, uh, awesome, how Thomas continued in fellowship. 
and he didn't let past weaknesses define him. All of a sudden, his identity was shifted. And God, in those in-between times, begins to shift how we see ourselves as we move into his presence. So they're at the sea. What what does Simon Peter say? I'm going fishing. And again, I guess we can all relate to one of these guys, or maybe all of them in a little bit, but Thomas doubted, but Peter just, like, he kind of just blew the top off it by denial three times. I never knew the guy. And so a lot of times when we think we've blown it big, we think, oh, man, I just blew my testimony. It doesn't have to be total denial. I mean, you could just, you could just start using some bad language. You could use, uh, you know, or just stay, <clears throat> have an attitude or something that just totally, you know, like, walk away from this. What did I just do? Why did I, why did I do that with my kids? Why did I, why did I respond to that uh, so poorly? And all of a sudden, um, <clears throat> we start to draw back, and that's, what's, that's what happened to Peter. And when we do that, what, what, a lot of times, what is it that we might end up doing that if we really blow it, we fall back into what is comfortable. We begin to draw back into some place that we feel we got control. We feel we got, we can handle this area. And that was Peter. I'm going fishing. He was a professional fisherman. So Peter blows it big time, but he knows the risen Lord as he's in the in-between time. Not Pentecost, not the man standing there preaching and getting 3,000 saved. He's in this in-between time where he blew it, Jesus is still risen, and and he met him personally in those rooms, in that room, so he knew that it's a true thing, but he's going fishing. And so... I guess I was just wanted to share if you're you're in that place. Just recognize where you're at. Am I hiding from God? Am I drawn back? And just begin to just open your heart uh, to that. But this is the sweet part of the story is Peter told him, well, the others said, okay, yeah, we're gonna go with Peter. They like Peter. So they're going to go fishing with him. And what happens? They didn't catch a thing. So many times when we, we start to draw back into our comfort zone, what we thought we were productive and really good at, all of a sudden it may not be as productive or we're not as good at it, or, or we're still good at it, but we don't get the benefits that we thought we would off of falling back into that place because God's doing a new thing. And that's what happened to Peter. He went back fishing, didn't catch a thing. Dude's a professional fisherman. So, yeah, Jesus showing up and he says, and I was, when I was reading this today, I, I thought, man, it looked like to me, again, Jesus looks like he's really enjoying this situation with the disciples. Doesn't, doesn't it look like Jesus is having a pretty good time with them? 
You're like, hey guys, you catch anything? He knew they didn't catch anything. <laughs> He's standing there and he said, did you catch anything? Sometimes Jesus will just ask you a question just to, because he loves you, he enjoys us. He says, I know these guys didn't catch anything, but I got a plan, so here it goes. And he called out to him, and I love this too, and in the, in the, he says, friends, friends, who's on the boat? Peter, the other guys, friends. If you feel like you've been there, Jesus says, still my friend. Still my friend. He said, throw your net on the right side. And again, I've heard teachings, and we won't go deep into it, but it's like, who's this guy? (laughs) But they said, okay. And they threw it in and had this tremendous harvest. And so when you're in this in-between time, if you find yourself in a real rut, if you find yourself, just be open when God might ask you to do something a little bit different. It doesn't have to be a huge thing. They just went throwing the net from this side to the other side. But when Jesus tells you to throw your net on the other side, get ready. Because he's about to unleash upon you blessings like they did here. They had so many fish. They were so blessed. It seemed like, you know, it's just like this, this joy that Jesus had to see that. And in this whole situation, then the disciple that Jesus loved, John's writing it, right? So this, this, is, this is John's identity. I'm the disciple who Jesus loved. I just love that. It says, the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. Wow. Rubber hits the road in the in-between times. Peter's out there trying to do his own thing, trying to do what's comfortable and everything, and all of a sudden Jesus is on the shore. Peter has to make a choice. One thing about it too is surround yourself with friends and people that hear from God. Peter stayed in the place where he's surrounding himself with friends that could hear from God, that could walk in a level of revelation and understanding. So when you're growing or in this in-between time, in mountaintop experiences, in your in-between time, keep surrounding yourself with people that hear from God. Find somebody that's just someone that Jesus loves, Jesus. And Jesus, you can see the, the glory of God on that person. You're like going... I'm going to hang around that person for a while. I'm going to hang around Jason for a while, you know. And, and I mean, again, it, God will connect you with people that, that, that you trust. And it doesn't have to be, I mean, these, had, these guys had relationships, ongoing relationships already. And so God has already put people in your life relationally that you can identify and say, yeah, I, I, got, this, I got this friend I can call on the phone. I got this... I got this friend that we can hang out and have a cup of coffee and, and, or, or a group. I mean, Peter's same group, same core guys. It doesn't have to be one-on-one. It can be core. But hang around people. Get into some people that, that hear from God. And so, here, and so Peter's caught up in fishing. 
John is caught up in, I'm the one Jesus loves. He's out there supporting Peter. He's out there helping Peter fish. John was a fisherman as well. So, I mean, you know, they're doing what they know to do. But in that whole place, you just see, uh, find your identity as the one whom Jesus loves. It isn't just John. It really reflects on all of us. It's like, you're the one Jesus loves. And so that's it. He said, so in that place of love, he gets revelation. It's Jesus. So what does Peter do? What's his choice? Wow. I'm taking off all this stuff that's holding me back. I'm taking off the garments and I'm jumping in the water. He takes a chance. He takes a risk. He puts himself in a place where, where he rejected. Now he's going to put him in a pl- himself in a place of potentially being rejected. I mean, he didn't know how Jesus was going to respond for sure. He just knew, I need, to, I need to get to him. And I need to get. Do you see a desperation in Peter in the in-between times? Peter is a desperate man right there. He just abandoned all his buddies with all the fish. <laughs> Take care of the fish. I'm going to see Jesus. I feel like that sometimes. Pastor, take care of the people. I'm going to go see Jesus. That's what God's called us to do. It's just to to take things off in this in-between times. So the other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish. So the disciples were bringing in the fish, and when they landed, the things were, the coals are going, the fish are on it. Fish are on it. Where'd the fish come from? You know, I just see Jesus up there going, catch the fish, I'm creating some fish right here. I'm making something out of nothing. I've got some fish for it. I can imagine those people like, Disciples walk in, look at all the fish, Jesus. And like going, where'd you get the fish? <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, I just love his story. But it's those places where God wants to know. He wants to show. He's in control. He's got it covered. He'll help you. He'll empower you to bring in a harvest yourself. But in the long run, he is the giver of every good and perfect gift. And he is the ultimate provider. And he will prepare it ahead of time. He'll prepare it ahead of time for you. He's already gone before you. He's got some, you keep walking in the spirit. He says, if the plans of the man are, but the Lord will direct your steps. You set our hearts, we get our plans, but the Lord will direct your steps. So just be expecting, God, I'm directing my steps. Make the fish, get them ready. I need provision out there. And in the meantime, we keep doing what he's called us to do, throwing the net on the other side, So here they are, burning coals, fish ready. When they landed, they saw the fire burning coals and their fish on it and some bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have just caught. And Simon Peter climbed aboard and dragged the net ashore full of large fish, 153, even with with so many, the net was not torn. (laughs) Look at Peter. I mean, he wanted to please Jesus. He left his buddies. He goes to the shore. They're dragging the fish in. Jesus says, I want the fish over here. Peter's like, bang, 
I'm grabbing the net. You know, Peter is just, I mean, Jesus had to been just thrilled with Peter's heart. The man denied him three times, but look deeper than what you see, even in ourselves. Look deeper than in that stressful situation where things you didn't do well. And look at Peter's response in the in-between times when he was struggling that. And he says, oh, okay. What do you want, Jesus? Fish, good fish. You know, bread, cold. You know, it's all this Jesus just wanting to please. Peter wanting to please Jesus. I see it's just so awesome how, how this is just so resonates within us on how we can find ourselves in this story. Then Jesus said to them, come, have breakfast. None of the disciples there asked him, who are you? Because they all knew it was the Lord. Jesus can be intimidating in the in-between times. I don't want to to grieve the spirit. don't want to do anything goofy. I've I've blown that so many times. (laughs) You know, it's like, oh. Jesus, what do I do next? How do I respond to this? And they knew it was Jesus. Like, how am I going to respond to this? But Jesus wanted to have breakfast with them. <laughs> he said, that was fine. I just, like, Jesus came and took the bread, gave it to him. In the in-between times, Jesus wants you to delight in him in the everyday stuff. Appreciate him in the everyday stuff. Appreciate him in the beautiful morning. Appreciate him in, the, in just the, the place we get to live, the freedoms we get to enjoy. Appreciate Jesus just in the everyday life. He will respond to you in that place of fellowship and communion just in the everyday life. And, that, and I found this so interesting. One thing that jumped out at me too in this whole thing is he, he knew he had a very important conversation to have with Peter, but he delayed it to have breakfast with the guys. Isn't that Jesus' heart? He knew he was going to have the conversation, but here, let's all sit around and have a meal, you know, have an icebreaker, <laughs> a cup of coffee. You know, Jesus, he, he just was able to dial it down. Again, it's like when we get all stressed and just going, oh, I, I got to enter this deep season of repentance. And Jesus says, why don't you just sit down and relax and let me love you and talk to you. I see your heart repents. I see your heart is soft. No need to get yourself all worked up. And that's what happened. He, he sort of dialed everything down for his disciples and they had a meal. And when they had finished eating, then Jesus talked to Simon Peter. And he said, Simon, son of John, do you realize what you did? Do you feel sorry for doing that to me? Do you know that you hurt that person when they saw you do that? Do you know that, you know, you are kind of in trouble because of the way you acted there? and denied. That's the way we talk to ourselves, isn't it? Is that the way we talk to ourselves? Seriously. I do. Jim, what were you thinking? 
why did you do that? Sometimes not always what we do is what we don't do. But we come back and we're just like, oh, we're just like, come on, Jim, get your act together. <laughs> you know? No, that Jesus shows up. He says, do you truly love me? Do you love me more than these? Because he denied him in front of a bunch of people. But he didn't ask him about that. He says, do you love me? That's what Jesus, that's, his, that's the ultimate question that Jesus is asking us on a daily basis, on an ongoing basis. You know, Brandon, do you love me? You know, Danielle, do you love me? It's Jesus. It's his heart. You don't have to blow it for him to say it. It's just like he just shows up. And that's what he was doing for Peter. He was drawing him back into intimacy, drawing him back into love relationship with Jesus, drawing him back into that place of of belonging, of connectedness to Jesus. Jesus wasn't about to push him away. Jesus was inviting him in. Do you love me more than these? <laughs> you know, and, and, and you know, he's, yeah, you know, you know, I love you. Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Take care of my sheep. Feed my sheep. Third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Now, Peter was, was really, you know, like, okay, <laughs> maybe I didn't answer this well. <laughs> Maybe I didn't go there. He says, and then he just got to the point of total abandonment to Jesus. You know all things. You know my weaknesses. You know my strengths. You know what I said, what I didn't say. But you know that I love you. I'm all yours. All the other walls and, and happy face and sad face, everything's just... Sh- Peter took himself and all his actions and put them there, and he just said, Jesus, you know all things. You know I love you. And Jesus responded and said, feed my sheep. This, again, is is something I think we can all just take a look at and just see how in this place, too, where he was being restored, if you see further on, he said, follow me. No great big banners. No long dissertation on what that looks like. He had love. He got Peter back to that place of love. And then all he says is, now follow me. Ha. I love it. Because Jesus, for all of us, sometimes... We, get, we make it so complicated. We can make it, and, and, and sometimes he'll give us multiple tasks and different things to do and assignments, whatever that looks like. But bottom line, he'll, he'll just all dial it down and say, follow me. You love me? Follow me. We're going this way. Feed my sheep, feed my lambs. Get ready for Pentecost. <laughs> all that he was doing for Peter All he was doing was preparing Peter for Pentecost and preaching. He says, fall in love with me, 
get ready, Peter. You're going to be tending my lambs, feeding my sheep. Pentecost is coming. You don't know it, but you're going to be preaching. And you don't even have to prepare a message. But all that God is doing in your life right now is preparing you for the next bam. He's got the next encounter. He's setting you up. He's setting me up. He has something huge that he's going to be doing in our midst in individual lives and corporate. That's the, that's the beauty of it. He, he does the corporate things, but he does the individual things. And the, the awesome thing about God is he does them simultaneously. <laughs> Sometimes we think it's like, oh, it's all going to be just a, a great big glory cloud in here, and uh, we've gotten close, um, and, or it's going to be something else, and everybody will see it. And then in the same time, the Spirit of God can rest on a person like Sunday over there and after service could not get out of that chair because the weight of the love of Jesus was resting on him so much he couldn't stop crying. He didn't want to get up. He, all he could do was sit there because his strength was zapped. Because when the heavenly encounters the natural, the heavenly wins. <laughs> That's what we're praying. When we pray for heaven to come down, oh, I got something to share with you, Callie. We prayed for heaven to come down and cocoon Evie like the caterpillar's cocoon that a butterfly can come forth. And when heaven hits earth and when heaven hits the natural, heaven wins. So when we are inviting heaven in, it's it's game-changing time. It's the king is in the house. It's... It's, you know, it, it is that season of victory. Oh, now we're going to run out of time. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> oh, man. There's that staring thing. Jesus shows up one final time. Again, in, um, here you go, in verse 13, they were in this upper room, upstairs in the room again, and here's Peter, John, James, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, all of them together, and this was their call after Jesus left. This is in Acts 1, it says, they all joined together constantly in prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. I just want to share a few thoughts. In that, where they were constantly in prayer, I looked up some of the other, devoted, constantly united, frequently, continually devoting, full agreement, devoting themselves steadfastly to prayer. In this in-between time, friends, we need to pray. We need to pray corporately. We need to pray individually. We need to have and ask God to give me a spirit of prayer for that next great move of God in this city and in our lives and in this nation and in my family. God, we need you to come and break through. You are the God of the breakthrough. We need heaven invading earth. We need healed bodies. We need finances exploding. We need visions cast out. We need the prodigals coming home. We need the lost saved father. We need your 
your kingdom to come on earth as it is in the heavenlies. We need to constantly devote ourselves to prayer during this in-between time because that will be the soil, the spirit will land on. That will be the fertile place where God will show up. And out of that place, Lord God, there will be the 3,000 come to the kingdom. There will be the blind to see and the deaf to hear. There will be more than what we've seen so far. They will, we will begin to see creative miracles take place because God says the greater work shall thee do that I, because I've gone to the Father and I'm sending my power and my power is the same thing. And I say, Lazarus will come forth in the name of Jesus. We will see a shift in the heavenlies. The atmosphere over Mason City is going to be transformed. And we are going to know something has just, just taken place in northern Iowa. Why? We ask. We ask. And heaven comes in. And everything changes. So don't. This in-between time when you think, oh, man, I love the mountaintop. Guess what? The next one is going to be a little bit higher. But in the place of in-between is a great opportunity for us for growth, for, for reconnecting our love with the Father, you know, to, to not label ourselves as doubters, but to see others and ourselves as Jesus sees us. Do you love me? Follow me. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, come. Seal in our hearts. Plant the seed. Whatever word, whatever phrase, God, we ask you to plant it in my heart. Plant it in our hearts, Holy Spirit. Take root deep in there, oh God. We do not want to be the same, Lord. Under your voice, Everything changes. So we thank you, Lord. We trust that you are speaking again, oh Lord God, and we thank you for being in this place, Lord God. I thank you for giving us vision, oh Lord God. And we thank you, oh God. The best is yet to come. You're saving the best wine for last. Fill us up, oh Lord, and we will give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information about Praise Community Church, including gathering times and events, please visit us at praisecc.org.